I'm April Willis, and you're listening to the Unbound Outdoors Collective, the podcast where us ladies get to chat unapologetically about hunting, fishing, all things outdoors, and our experiences within. On this episode of the Unbound Outdoors podcast, I get to sit down with a good friend of mine, Janessa Barnsdale. We're going to chat a little bit about her newfound love of teaching the Hunter's Ed course, a little bit about ethics, a smidge about mental health, and then how you can find her if you want to take the Hunter's Ed course. So tonight I have Janessa Barnsdale with me for a podcast recording. Janessa and I have known each other for quite a few years. We've been involved in a few outdoor industry sort of programs and teaching opportunities together. And we are just friends on the outside of that. So Janessa, for those people who are listening who don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got into the outdoors. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Janessa, as April said. Um, I didn't really grow up in the outdoors, so it was a weird little bit of a path. I always grew up outside and fishing, but never hunting. Um, I come from a big family of sisters and one brother. So if there was a hunting opportunity, my brother got that opportunity. Um, In my, I guess in my 20s, yeah, in my 20s, I don't know, I just started watching hunting on the TV and seeing it online and social media and all these really cool girls just getting out there. And I was looking for something that was more my speed, I guess. Um, I was dealing with some mental health issues and wanting to slow things down and getting into the outdoors just like hiking and camping really did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stepped my game up a little bit and decided that I wanted to hunt. I wanted to archery hunt. I had, I had friends in the past and uncles and my dad hunted and my brother hunted, but like I said, I never, I never got to participate in it. So I was always interested. Um, I went on walks, you know, chicken hunting and things like that, but I decided I think I was like 23 or something. I was like, I am going to get a bow. And uh, I was a little bit afraid of firearms, actually. So that's why I started bow hunting. I I thought it would be a way for me to get into the woods. Um, My boyfriend at the time, who's now my fiance, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he hunted a little bit here and there. But like I said, I was afraid of firearms. Um. And it's hard to learn some of that stuff sometimes mm-hmm. with the guys. Sure. So, um, yeah, I decided I'm going to bow hunt. And I finally asked, worked up the courage and asked my dad and my brother if they would let me, you know, hang out with them once. And uh, I practiced and practiced. I bought a bow, got, you know, did all the things and did all the research. And I went on my very first bow hunting trip with my dad and my little brother. And, um, I had the very first morning, a bunch of white-tailed does come out and I I wasn't ready to actually do anything about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I just sat there for, I think me and my dad sat there for almost two hours and just watched these animals just be animals in front of, like right in front of me. And I had never experienced that before and how close you need them to be during archery hunting, you know we never did that Mm -hmm. growing up. If I did ever get to 
be on any of the hunting adventures. It was always rifle hunting. So I never got to see anything up close like that. And um, I guess I was hooked. That was it for me. <laughs> I just, I wanted to be in the woods. I wanted to be challenged. Um, and it was really a way for me to just really ground myself and slow down. And um, yeah, it really helped me um, mentally to just bring myself to that point. Um, and then it just evolved. Now I, um, I've, I've upgraded from bow hunting and firearms aren't scary anymore. Um, I have family members who were, um, I guess, who always rifle hunted and, and whatnot. All my uncles, I have a uncle who actually was, um, in a fatal hunting incident. Um, and I think that's probably what contributed to my fear of firearms, just hearing those stories growing up and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatnot. So, yeah. Um, and then that just kind of snowballed (laughs) and it turned into waterfowl hunting and going on the mentored hunts with Manitoba Wildlife Federation and so on and so forth. So, um, it all kind of started because I was seeing some really cool girls on socials and on television and wanting to slow myself down and find something that really, you know, fed my soul and got me outdoors in a different way. And it just, I just went further and further into it. And then further yeah. down the rabbit hole, <laughs> further down the rabbit hole, then uh, having a daughter change some of those things too. You know, you, once you have a child, you worry about safety and you worry about all the things Mm-hmm. So my mindset of being out in the woods shifted from, you know, how can I be a role model and how can I be a mentor? And um, I started off being a participant on mentored hunts and now I'm, now I am mentoring hunts and um, yeah. So the rabbit hole is very, very deep for those of us that <laughs> are part of the outdoor world as most of us know. So I would say I've scratched the surface at this point. There's so much more to learn. There's so much more to do, but yeah. So that's kind of what started it. <laughs> and so I know this, but you know, a lot of people probably don't know that you kind of took all those steps, you did the mentor, and then you stepped into Hunter's Ed. And mm-hmm. so I'm kind of curious now, since you, you kind of mentioned it, but you said that you were afraid of firearms. So how, like, how did all this lead you to wanting to be a hunter ed instructor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as I mentioned, I, I had people in my life that hunted. I had people in my life that had firearms. I had friends. And I mean, I grew up in a small rural community most of the time. So I mean, some of our pastimes were going and shooting guns and things like that. And I started doing those things with uncles or my boyfriend, as I said, and they were really difficult to learn with, Mm -hmm. or it just didn't allow me to build my confidence. Cause essentially what would happen were the men would load the gun and they would hand me a gun and be like, here, shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I never got to be comfortable handling a firearm and I just knew, you know, the number one rule, don't point it at anybody. I just knew that. And that was about the extent of it. Right. So um, when it came down to participating in actual hunts, I was really nervous because I thought to myself, how am I going to know how to load this gun? And Mm -hmm. 
Um, how am I going to be confident enough to, I can shoot, I can aim, you know, I have a great shot, but I don't know how I got to that point uh, because a gun just kept getting put in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there was this background fear, you know, knowing a person that had been part of a fatal incident, it, there's always this lingering fear, whether I was aware of that or not as a child, hearing those stories growing up. I was always hypersensitive to, you know, make sure that you are keeping your gun in a safe direction. And mm-hmm. um, my dad always instilled in me, like, don't shoot unless you're, unless you are a hundred percent sure. Um, unfortunately, it was my dad's brother who was a part of that incident. So it was a very, very big part of um, our lives growing up is anytime we were handling firearms mm-hmm. was we were, you know, we were being safe when we grew up with BB guns and pellet guns and things like that. But um, it still never really allowed me to have that confidence. Um, so I wanted to hunt. I wanted to bear hunt. I wanted to deer hunt. I wanted to do all of these things. Um, and I was doing them primarily alone because I didn't have those people in my life that hunted and didn't have those people that in my life that, that if they did hunt, they didn't have the same morals or ethics that I had, or same, um, I guess, style of doing things that I had. So I was in a position where I either had to figure it out or stop doing something that I was really, really had become so passionate about and really, really changed my life in a sense. Um, so the Manitoba Wildlife Federation was a huge part of that for me. They offer mentorship. They offer um, all-female mentored hunts and things like that. Um, so one of my, I guess, first memories, I wouldn't say first memories, but one of the most significant memories was participating in a waterfowl hunt, um, which is a three-day weekend. It's a whole mentorship weekend. Um, and the last day is when you actually get to participate in a hunt. So the first two days is handling the firearms and talking about hunting techniques and field techniques and so on and so forth. But we're doing skeet shooting and all of the things that go along with that. Mm -hmm. And I did that and I got a lot more comfortable handling that firearm. And I loved it so much that I continued to go on, you know, different skeet shoots for different fundraisers in our community and in the area and I met a whole group of women who really were in the community I mean you Melissa all of the girls from team lady fowlers Mm -hmm. they were a huge part in allowing me to get out and not be alone in Mm -hmm. a sense right so um the skeet shoots were huge for me the skeet shoots really allowed me to gain that confidence handling the firearm not just standing in one spot and putting it on a table and aiming and shooting you're walking excuse me you're moving you're handling uh, the firearm in in different um, positions things like that so I got a lot more comfortable with that Um, and then as I got older and as my child got older it was much more important for me to um, ensure that I was just a really good role model I wanted to be a good role model whether it was firearm safety or, you know, hunting ethics or anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, again, it kept evolving. We got to be part of a lot of different volunteer opportunities, you, yourself and myself and 
Melissa, we really got to be involved in a lot of things. And those things allowed me to meet a lot of people, uh, men and women who were really curious about the lifestyle Mm -hmm. and had no idea where to start. Um, my Hunter's Ed experience was online. Um, and at the time you weren't able to take the online course all the way through, you were able to do the course. And then you also had to go and do a practical course with a Hunter's education, um, a Hunter, Hunter's Ed instructor. Right. Uh, so that's what I did. Um, but it was online. It was self-led. And at the end of it, I was kind of just like, okay, so I'm, I'm allowed to hunt now. And oh, <laughs> that's great, whatever. And I, that's when I got my bow and, and whatnot. Um, and it wasn't, I, I got, I got my firearm safety course done so that I could get my PAL, but I never really cared about firearms at first. Mm-hmm. Once I got more into waterfowl hunting, that was when it became very important for me to get really comfortable with firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess really the way that the Hunter's Ed thing came about was meeting all these people and just seeing how they struggled to know which direction to turn in right. to get to get every to get the ball rolling, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just have a, a really big, I guess interest <laughs> in safety and in training anyways I, I do occupational health and safety for work and I was training towards that at the same time as my training for hunters education instructor certification um, so I figured hey I do safety training all day long eight hours a day I love hunting <laughs> why Might not well just keep going <laughs> yeah why not just put these two things together and um, just be that resource for people. Um, I'm also, uh, I have, as I said, I have a daughter and I've seen her participate in things and struggle with learning and struggle with understanding the way some people teach things. So another huge passion of mine is to ensure that we are training our youth in a way that they understand. Every child is so unique and so special and they're all just so such wonderful little beings and they really need somebody to take that time and just understand them as an individual and not a class of hunters Mm -hmm. so um I wanted to really just become an educator who can be that person who can focus on your child one-on-one if that's what you need or if that's what they need or be available to a group setting be a little bit different than some of the other courses that uh, are available in the province. So that's what I did. I, I started being available in a, I, I call them private lessons or semi-private lessons. And I allow the, the parents or the students to kind of let me know, how do you, how, how do you want to do this? Where would you like to do this? Where are you more comfortable? Are you more comfortable learning in your liver, living room? Or do you want to be in a group of 10 other people or nine other people and um, listen to me talk for eight hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I left it up to the student a little bit more. I have regulations and um, guidelines that I have to follow, but it allows it allows me to be a little bit more flexible and ensure that people aren't just, you know, logging in, watching the slides, and you know, going about their day. 
Um, yeah, and I'm not sure how familiar everybody is with the hunter safety program in Manitoba, but it is a mandatory uh, course for our license-based hunters. And it's an eight hour course and it's seven modules and every module is a little bit different and people are gonna have you know, higher interests in different modules. So um, one of the really important things to me when becoming a hunter's educator was I really wanted to focus my time on our second module, which is the ethics and responsibilities mo module. Mm -hmm. I find that um, a lot of times with my students, there's it's gonna go one of, one of two ways. They wanna be there because they're just so excited because their dad hunted one time and they've seen this and they have every story that they're going to tell you and they're just so excited or you know their brother hunts or their sister hunts and they're just here because their dad wants them to get their hunter's education card and um, that excitement's not really there so that's something that was really important to me I, I want to hone in on what is why is this important to you or how can I make this more fun for you mm -hmm. so that's been a little bit of a journey over the last couple of years but um it's been a really, really fun journey. Right. <laughs> I met a lot of really wonderful kids and adults too. I have a lot of adults that take the course. But um, the, the children themselves are, are obviously, that was my goal to be able to, you know, work with the youth right. side of things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really, really fun. What, what would you say, like, what would you say that you enjoy the most out of this? Um, it's definitely, it's definitely the kids. It's getting to see their excitement. Right. I get a lot of funny and little silly questions um, that usually are not related to Hunter's education at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a little bit of a challenge because um, Manitoba actually changed their regulations a couple of years ago. Um, you had to be 12 years old to take the hunter's education program right. and they actually just changed that to nine years old so you can take the the course as young as nine um, and as soon as you turn 10 you become what is called a apprentice hunter mm -hmm. and you can hunt game birds and wild turkeys under a shared bag provisions when you're 10 and 11. Right. so um, it also has changed the dynamics of our courses because we have that younger that younger mindset in the class. Right. Um, but that has made it so fun. And being able to, you know, get a message, these kids are 10 or 11 years old, or, you know, they turn 12. Once they turn 12, they, they automatically move up from a hunter's or apprenticeship, apprentice hunter to, you know, a certified hunter. Mm -hmm. And getting messages on Instagram from a mom or a dad and, you know, so-and-so really wanted you to see their success in the field. Aww. Those are super fun. Um, or, you know, if they see me, we all go to the same events. Manitoba is a small province. Right. <laughs> we all go to the same <laughs> events. And, you know, I've seen kids at, at events that I've, I've taught in the past and they come up to me and they have all these stories and they're mm. so proud of themselves. And it's, it's really, it just touches my heart a little bit to know that I was kind of a part of that. <laughs> Uh, so it makes me giggle a little bit too, because, you know, there's, there's always the one kid that's just vibrating in their seat and they just can't <laughs> wait, you know, let me do this test. I'm, I'm so smart. And uh, yeah. And then, you know, my last, my last course was actually a pretty big deal for me. Um, I taught a 12 year old 
um, female hunter to be. And um, she came to me and she actually told me that she was really nervous and she was really scared to take the test. And um, she gets a little bit of test anxiety and she struggles a little bit with some ADHD symptoms. And, you know, to be able to sit down with another little girl and say, hey, you know what? I'm 33 years old and I struggle with the same things. And I have, I understand. And you know what? I'm not going to let you, you be afraid because you can do this. So a lot of the courses, of course, just teaching hunters education, but a lot of it is, you know, getting to level with these kids and, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, find what makes them figure out what makes them tick and figure out what, what gets them going. And, you know, hearing from parents after seeing their Facebook posts or their Instagram posts saying, you know, we had Janessa over to do this, this course and my kids ranted and raved and my kids did so well. And, you know, they really enjoyed having her there to teach them, you know, that means the world to me because I really do put my heart and soul in it to make sure these kids are you know, they're, they're, they're absorbing the information as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've, I've heard via the grapevine and the mm-hmm. socials that your courses are really good and that people are like super enjoying themselves. <laughs> so like a lot of people, and like you've mentioned, um, that you've had, you know, some mental health stuff and you've had your fair share of struggles in daily life. Do you think that, the way that you, I'm, I'm air quoting here, the way that you worked on things mentally and personally in your past, do you think that's helped shape the kind of mentor and the kind of teacher that you are today? Oh, 100%. I stand by the fact that the outdoors saved my life and I will always stand by that fact. Mm-hmm. The outdoors changed my life. I probably would not have the life that I have if it wasn't for um, for me getting really, really deeply passionate about the outdoors. Um, that alone is what pushed me to, you know, to make myself a better person. Mm -hmm. Um, for people that struggle with anxiety and ADHD symptoms or undiagnosed mental health illnesses that they don't actually know what's happening. It's a really hard time and you can feel extremely, extremely alone during that, during that experience. Um, So not only did being in the woods and, you know, on the water, wherever I am, whether it's hiking or camping, hunting, fishing, those moments allowed me to slow down and think and, you know, ground myself, but also the community of the, of people, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, you know, you're one, you're one of them. You guys are. I have this whole group of girls that, you know, I've met through this outdoor community and built these relationships with, and, you know, all of the women that I've met and, and men as well, but this core group of women that I, that I spend a lot of my time with, um, they really have pushed me in certain ways to, whether it's challenge myself, um, to, or even sometimes it's not to challenge myself. Sometimes it's to reevaluate and say, Hey, have I bitten off more than I can do? Mm-hmm. Or am I doing the best that I can be doing? Or am I doing too much? And I can't focus my time and do as well as I could do on this. If I slow down and, 
you know, did one thing at a time. And that has been monumental in my life because without this community, I probably wouldn't have slowed down the way that I needed to, Mm -hmm. to, um, to understand what I was going through at the time. Right. Um, now it's a huge thing because I, like I said, I have this huge group of women. I have some of my best friends are people that I've met through, through these possibilities and through these opportunities with the Manitoba Wildlife Federation or with the volunteering that we've done. And um, yeah, like it really has, it's affected me as a person and it's allowed me to step back and say, what has, what are other people struggling with? And by Mm -hmm. being able to evaluate that, that's, that's really what has developed me as an educator. Without that knowledge, I wouldn't be able to be the educator that I am. Um, Being a mom helps. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, my little, you know, my daughter. She ain't an easy gal to be around. (laughs) (laughs) So um, going into a room of, you know, 10, nine-year-olds, isn't that scary when I have a, you know, I have a kid at home that challenges me every day. I've been doing events for, you know, so many years now with, with, uh, with all the girls, the, this is, this seems to me like a drop in the bucket at this point, because I feel like I've succeeded in so many things mm-hmm. and Hunter's education is just something that is just it's gonna be with me for life now mm-hmm. and it's just that's just part of who I am at this point I'm a I'm a Hunter's ed teacher <laughs> right. that's just that's what it is and that's what I say and yeah I don't know I don't know what else to say about it I just I love doing it and it really did it really has it, it's really been I guess a big part of how I do operate now in the, in the woods and in the water. And, um, I don't, I I don't really, I I love hunting. Don't get me wrong. But even this year, I'm like, yeah, you know, I really would just love to go out with some kids. I'd really Mm -hmm. love to just see who, what everybody else is doing at this point. It's just, it's, it's changed who I am as a hunter being an educator right right yeah well so for those who don't know like about your course can you what or or the hunter education course can you kind of like briefly explain it and why it's so important yeah for sure um so it's a it's a provincially regulated course um it's a mandatory course that's required by all licensed hunters in manitoba to purchase any hunting tags at all. Um, So the Manitoba Wildlife Federation administers the education course or the hunter's ed course on behalf of that province. And so any hunter that's inquiring would go through the MWF. Uh, They have a fantastic website. Um, All of the instructors are listed on the website. So you can find an instructor that's as close to you as possible. we all run courses kind of whenever suits us. So there's kind of always a course going on in the province. And I typically am more north of Winnipeg, um, Selkirk area, White Shell, Pinawa, Lactivani. Um, I'll do Winnipeg as well. I pretty much will go anywhere. Um, but we have instructors, we have hundreds of instructors in the province. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an eight hour course. You're required to do a full eight hours. 
Um, it's part of um, it's part of my requirement as an educator to ensure that I teach for the full eight. Um, there's a student manual that goes along with it. The student manual is actually a, a public manual. It's not, they don't hide it in the Hunter's Ed course. Um, <laughs> it's quite long. Um, it's seven, seven modules plus a little extra in there about bow hunting. And you can find that also on the Manitoba Wildlife Federation website and can be printed off. It can be saved as a PDF, which is super great um, for references. After, at the end of the, the course, you are, you have to do the test, obviously. And if you pass, that's when you become a certified, um, become a certified hunter, I guess. <laughs> um, what, if you pass the course this, that day, I send you home with a temporary license. And within 45 days, the Manitoba Wildlife Federation would send you your actual orange hunter education card or the green apprentice hunter education card if you're somebody that's under 12. Mm -hmm. So as I said, um, anybody who's nine years old or older can take the course. If you are under 12, you are required to take an in-person course. Mm -hmm. If you're over 12, you're able to go online and do the course online um, and it's fully online and it's all run by slideshows and whatnot. Some of those slideshows we use in course, but then you don't get to hang out with me. <laughs> um, yeah, we go into it as deep as we can. We talk about everything. So like, there's seven different modules, as I said, and we talk about ethics and responsibilities. We go over the laws and the regulations for Manitoba. We talk about the ecology and wildlife management component. Where in that in, in that component, we'll talk about um, like species identification and, and things like that, which is obviously super important um, so that you can be um, in compliance with regulations. And we'll talk about, you know, male versus female animals, how to spot the differences, those types of things. Um, we talk about um, survival, wilderness survival. What are some techniques to keep yourself safe? And what are some safety practices to follow before you're heading out on a hunting trip? Um, there's so many hunting opportunities in this province. It is a huge province and um, some of them are very, very, very remote. And it's so important to make sure that you have that gear prior to heading out into the field. So we talk about wilderness survival quite a bit. Um, we talk about field techniques as well. And so that's some of the different actual hunting techniques, but we also talk about field dressing and those types of things, um, meat preservation and waste. Mm -hmm. And then of course, firearm safety is the one of the final modules. So that's qu quite a significant part of the course. Um, we leave it up to the firearm safety guys and gals who are teaching firearm safety to really get into the rules and the regulations. But in our firearm safety portion, we talk about the fundamentals your acts and your prove, how do we keep ourselves safe when we're handling a firearm and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, we do touch on bow hunting as well, uh, the different types of archery equipment that's available. What are some of the regulations um, if you're choosing to archery hunt? We talk about the different um, hunting licenses and um, some of our 
uh, rights-based programs that the that Manitoba has um, and how that may affect your license, whether you are, um, you know, if you are somebody with rights, with hunting rights taking the course. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's eight hours. It's a, it's a really long course. Um, there is some practical parts of it. I try to get the kids up and moving and, you know, crossing fake fences with the firearm. We have, uh, Manitoba has a um, a kit of firearms, the uh, the fake orange firearms that everybody sees in the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the kids handle them and and um, you know act do their acts and their prove in front of me and show me that they can keep their finger out of the trigger guard and point in a safe direction, which doesn't sound like much, but when you have a room full of nine year olds, mm-hmm. they can get a little <laughs> dicey. <laughs> So it's always fun. It's always fun because you always have the kids that are so afraid to like, oh, I don't want to touch it. You know, you have to reassure them, you know, it's, you know, it's completely fake. You you can't hurt yourself. It's fine. Right. And then you have the other thing. (laughs) You're not going to hurt yourself. You're not going to hurt your friends next to you. This is practice. Let's get comfortable. Let's spend some time on it. So I try to allow the kids quite a bit of time um, to just handling those firearms and gaining that confidence. Um, Mm. And then you always have the kid that's like super gung-ho and has handled firearms since they were like probably not even walking and they come in and they show everybody like this is how you do it and by the end of it I always have to say your finger is in the trigger guard (laughs) (laughs) by the way a for effort (laughs) Uh, it's always fun it's so fun um, when I let them get up and do that kind of stuff and we save that for the end usually just because the the modules at the end so they're bouncing in their seats waiting to you know touch the firearms right um yeah I like to bring some other demonstrate demonstrative um, items I usually bring survival pack show them what I would keep in my pack um but like I said I really I really touch on the ethics and responsibility portion of things it's something that's just I'm so passionate about and I just really feel so strongly about ensuring that I pass that information on that I really spend a lot of time on that right um so it's uh, obviously like any teacher or any instructor you have to read the room and you have to use language that's appropriate for for your audience and it's not an always an easy task talking about morals and responsibilities when you have a very young group of of students mm-hmm. Um, so I spend a lot of time there and we talk about the different um, stages of hunting. Where are you at? Are you at the shooting stage or are you at the mellowing out stage? You know, we talk about those different things. We talk about what the definition of ethics are. We talk about your personal code of ethics. What is, you know, what do you feel about this? And we talk about um, if you feel strongly about this and you know the right and the wrong, how can you have conversations with your friends or with your family members who whose um, morals and ethics maybe don't align with yours? Mm-hmm. And how can you, as a hunter, um, have these conversations with your friends who maybe don't follow the rules when you're out hunting, when you're, you know, a 16-year-old boy or 17-year-old uh, boy or girl? And how can you have those tough conversations and say, hey, you know, when I was in hunter safety, this is what we talked about. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so I try to I try to talk with the students a lot about that. How can you have these conversations with your friends so that um, we can all be really good role models? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I spend a lot of time in there. I talk about our relationship with other hunters. I talk about our relationship with non-hunters and how everything we do can affect our future as a hunter. Right. We live in a world now of social media and although it's not part of the curriculum, I also make sure that I spend some time talking about how hunters on social media um, can, you know, run into some challenges um, especially at a young age. So we talk about some of the ways to ensure that we're, you know, being respectful to hunters, but being respectful to non-hunters, being respectful to the wildlife that we are harvesting. Um, we talk about a la- landowner relationships a lot, things like that. So um, I, you, every, every instructor is going to be a little bit different. They're all going to have something that's really important to them. Of course, I touch on everything that I um, am required to touch on, but I, I add a few things in there that are just really personal to me. And I think with our, our youth, um, the social media thing is something that is really important to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been a, that's kind of been a new thing. And we've been getting a lot of questions about it in my classes and how, you know, how, how can we post pictures and how can we do this if we want to be respectful and you know, things like that. So the course itself has things that I have to check off the seven modules and eight hours of, of learning and the test, of course, but I throw in some things in there that are just really important that I find a lot of our, our youth need to, to talk about. And a lot of our up and coming hunters need to talk about. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The world's ever changing and the, because the world's ever changing, um, hunting's always changing. Um, some of the challenges that hunters face are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of the groups that um, don't te- don't necessarily agree with with hunting. So there's we talk about how just because somebody's a non-hunter doesn't mean they don't agree they don't agree with hunting. Mm-hmm. You can, two things can be true at once. You can agree that, you know, hunting is something that some people do, but you just don't participate in it. And that is fine. Mm-hmm. And that is, everybody has their own personal choice and their own personal feelings. And that's something that we, that I spend quite a bit of time talking about with the kids, especially, mm-hmm. um, especially the middle age group, the teenager group. Right. You know, when we're 16, we know everything. So Yes, and if somebody doesn't agree with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I've learned that the hard way coming up as a hunter. Um, I used to run into challenges and it used to get me down and it used to f- infuriate me and frustrate me and upset me. And I would, th- give, I would think about giving up at times mm-hmm. because some of the challenges. But I think if we can always whether you're an instructor or whether you're just a hunter, I think it's, I think it's something that we can all do is just really focus on being really good and really great role models Mm -hmm. and having really great relationships with other hunters and with non-hunters alike. Mm -hmm. Um, 
having those positive relationships are something that I think is what will conserve hunting for years to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, Janessa, you kind of mentioned about like how when you're teaching a course, you know, you have the modules that you really like to, and, and like you said, the social media stuff that's not like it's not laid out in your manual or a required item, but you still go through it. So then the courses that are taught online most likely don't have that portion to it. What what have you thought of the online um, course? Like good, bad, useful in some ways, like wish it wasn't there, wish more people would do that. What do you think about it? I think that um, I'm, I'm, I don't have an opinion in terms of good or bad, I don't think. I definitely think that um, just like anything, there's a time and a place. Mm-hmm. And if there's a situation where you can't participate in an in-person class, mm-hmm. and that's not just true for hunters education, you know, we all just moved our whole lives to mm-hmm. remote learning, remote work, uh, everything is at the touch of our fingertips and especially true now after, you know, two years of living in a pandemic. So um, the, I think at the time, the balance that they were looking for when creating the online hunters education program was, was amazing. It still had the practical piece of the puzzle. um, But this online option, which became available through the pandemic, which became 100% online, um, I think it gave people something that they could do dependent on where they are at in life. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, I think whether you take the hunter safety course or not, in person or online, um, you you have to learn somewhere. Right. And my hope is that whether you take it online or whether you don't, if we all, like I said before, just practice this really positive image and practice, you know, positive morals and ethics and uphold our responsibilities to um, a standard that doesn't allow for misrepresentation or abuse in the sense of, you know, wildlife management, Mm-hmm. If we follow as hunters, these ethics and everybody's personal code of ethics is going to be different, of course, but if we have these really strong and positive ethics, we are going to mentor up and coming hunters, regardless of where they took their hunter's ed course. Mm-hmm. I do think for that, for our youth, uh, I do love that the province has said that if you are under 12, you have to take an in-person course. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned before, every child learns so differently and I couldn't imagine being nine years old and sitting through a whole, yeah, a whole bunch of slideshows, um, and then retaining that information. Um, so I do love that. I love that they've balanced it out like that. Um, they do actually offer the in-person courses, uh, at a cheaper fee as well. Mm-hmm. So it's less expensive for somebody to take the in-person course, which I think is monumental because you are, usually you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. but in this sense, it's almost the opposite. They're encouraging you to take a better, 
um, more involved program at a, at a lesser cost. Right. But again, there's situations where maybe you are in a location or maybe, maybe you're just in a situation where it's not safe for you to be in the classroom. It's just not, um, or it's just not possible for you to sit in a classroom because you have your own struggles with learning in a classroom or getting distracted. And um, so I do find that I do love that there's two options. I think that it's, I think it's a great way for us to get more hunters in the field. Again, at the end of the day, whether somebody takes them in, in, in person or online, most of them, most up, up and coming hunters find mentors at some point. I had, didn't have them to begin with. And we found, I found my own way, but at the end of the day, I ended up having mentors and not only mentors, but a fantastic group of friends that also upheld ethics to a high standard. Mm-hmm. And that's because we, we were at the generation that came up like that. We, we came up in the social media era we started hunting, or maybe not started hunting, but we've been a part of the era where hunting is online and hunting's posted about and talked about. And it's just really at the forefront for people to see, whereas mm-hmm. before it really wasn't something that was kind of taboo, you know, yes. a bunch of girls hunting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think for me, going back to the moral of the story really is I wanted to be a good role model and I want to encourage other people to be really good role models. Mm-hmm. And that's why I talk about um, respect and, and responsibility and morals and ethics for a little bit longer than I probably have to uh, because I want the kids and the students that I teach to become me one day. I want them to want to be teachers and I want them to be role models and right. mentor their friends. And, you know, when you're 16, and you're, or you're 15 or whatever, you know, you're a teenager, you know, everything you, you might have people in your life that don't follow the rules all the time or whatever the case is. So having somebody say, Hey, you know, you know, in my safety course, this is what we talked about. Mm -hmm. This, this was a regulation. And this is why that was a regulation because we talked about wildlife management and if we don't preserve this and if we don't follow this, you know, we're not going to be able to hunt later Mm -hmm. when you're 16 or, you know, a teenager and another teenager says that to you, that's going to go a long way. So if I can encourage our youth to just be really good role models to one another, Mm -hmm. um, that's a battle that, that I will that's a hill I will die on. <laughs> I will, I will go to the end to the end of the whole day, just talking about ethics and morals, and make them come back the next day if they want to keep talking about it. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think, like you said, every instructor gets to put their own personality in the course, mm-hmm. and I think that does make in-person courses that much better. And it really levels them up against the online course. But I do love that the online course is an option mm-hmm. if it's needed. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, being in the field is the best experience. Yes. And I think, too, like being able to participate with an instructor, say, for example, and I'm speaking specifically about you, is that 
you don't just gain a pass or a fail on a course, like you gain a role model and potentially a mentor and somebody to come back to, to talk through tough situations and learn from outside of that, not just here's your certificate and that's it. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And a lot of, a lot of the times, you know, we take an hour or 30 minutes for, for lunch break. And a lot of the times through the eight hours of sitting together, we have open discussion and we all talk to one another and then we all hang out for lunch. And at the end of the course, a lot of these kids that were strangers to one another are going home and they're friending each other and, and they're gaining friends that have similar interests. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the little, it's kind of the beginning of their little hunting community for them. Right. And I know I touched on it before, but the hunting community for me, it, that's such a huge part of my life. And it really did change my life as a whole mm-hmm. that um, it's, it's fun to watch that kind of flourish right in front of you and see kids like, Hey, you know what? Me and my dad go, you know, we, we, we go chicken hunting. You and your dad should come one day or Mm -hmm. you and your mom should come one day. I think that's been another huge thing for me as a hunter's educator is seeing moms in the course. Um, That has really been really cool for me. Um, And then also seeing like, you know, we see you on Instagram or we see your friends on Instagram and, because of that, I really want to take your course. I want to get out. Mm. I want to, I want to teach my kids and I want to teach my son or I want to teach my daughter how to be in the field. And mm-hmm. for me, those are some, those are like some little small, like Yahoo, Yahoo moments for me that I'll probably hold moments. on to. <laughs> yeah. I love when we, like when we go to Bo and you're at Bo and somebody comes up to you and they're like, I follow you on social media and you're the reason I'm here. And yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, good for you for coming here. And like, I'm so happy that I met you. And like, I hope that you get absolutely every, everything out of this that you wanted. Yeah. Like it's scary. I mean, I'm a pretty outgoing person, as you know, (laughs) I I don't have a tough time talking to people. Mm -hmm. I can be in front of a room full of people and tell any story you need me to tell, but it is, it is intimidating to get into this, you know, this lifestyle, especially as a woman Mm -hmm. and kind of like be alone getting into that and say, you know, I don't really want to learn with my husband. I don't really want to learn with my dad. A lot of the times our styles don't mesh. I don't want to like run all over the countryside, running and gunning things and stalking things. You know, I'm a little bit more on the patient side and the passive side when it comes to my hunting style um, and my, my brother is definitely not the same kind of vibe. So we just don't hunt together. Mm-hmm. And so getting to meet other girl, other females and then seeing little girls see all of us together and be like, you girls are so cool. My daughter, I've been trying, she's going to be eight in November, you know, and I've always been trying to get her out into the whether it's in the boat or a nice shack or out hunting and she's always had some interest in it but the times that I have her out alone with me versus the times that I have her out with other women the look in her eyes is it's total night and day because mm-hmm. I mean I'm her mom I'm not cool right yeah. <laughs> so when she sees you know you and all the other girls that we, you know, fish and hunt with and her eyes light up and she sees 
their daughters. It's, you know, this, this winter, especially, you know, we, we did a lot of fishing and she didn't want to hold fish. And then Jen's daughter, who's younger than her is holding fish. And then right away, she's like, well, I want to hold fish. If she can hold fish, I can hold fish. (laughs) And so it becomes like this, you just encourage one another and it starts at such a young age. So to see Mm -hmm. that and to see these, this youth, this youth group really start encouraging each other right from the day of their course. Mm -hmm. It's, it's pretty, um, it's a pretty big feeling to know that you were a part of that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. That's very special. Yeah. And Manitoba Wildlife Federation, they put on so many wonderful programs and so many opportunities for all up and coming hunters. Um, It's such a great resource for people in our province. And I know that there's so many different resources in other provinces and other states. And to be able to give those resources to people, that is, uh, that's another, that's just, it's a, it was a huge goal of mine and becoming an outdoor women weekend uh, definitely lit that fire under my butt a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a fun, it's been a fun journey and I'm excited to keep doing it now that things are calmer and we can be in group setting again. It's been fun. I already have like three courses just this month. So which is uh, the next thing that I was going to ask you. I was like, <laughs> do you do you have anything like coming down the pipe? Do you have some upcoming courses that, you know, listeners in our area could get in on if they're needing or wanting Hunter's Ed? Or do you have like mentorship programs or anything else that's like MWF related? That's coming? Yeah. Um, this month, I have a public course on September 18th. It's taking place at Harvester Outdoors in Selkirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of spaces left. So if you're listening, you need to message me ASAP. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have some private courses and um, I didn't talk about them too much, but this is something that I started offering kind of at the tail end of COVID. People were starting to really look for the courses a lot more, but it was tough because, you know, we have these restrictions. You could only have so many people in your house. You could only do so much. So I started offering uh, courses at home for people once they were allowed to have visitors in the home. And um, I still, they still get to do the whole eight hour course. We get to, I still bring the firearms and now it's in the comfort of your own home and you don't have to be worried about, you know, all these things that come along with COVID. Right. So that's kind of how it all started, but it snowballed into you know, um, I have a bunch of kids that don't want to be in a group setting, or I have a very shy child. Would you, would you come here and would you do this? Mm -hmm. So I do offer private courses and I have actually been doing quite a few of those lately and they've been so fun. The kids are a lot more comfortable too. So they, uh, they, um, they participate a lot more. So I love doing them and I will, that'll probably be something that I offer forever now. It's not going to be, it was meant to be just kind of like a pandemic thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just doing it all the time and I love it. And parents love it. And it's, it's worked out really, really, really well. That's great because I like, I don't know anybody else that would offer that. And 
And that's exactly like you had said before, you know, every kid learns a little bit different. And when you get that one-on-one time with them, you can really kind of tailor what you are doing to their learning needs, but still get through everything. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I mean, I ha- everything's portable now. You, I have a laptop. I have everything that I need. And there's been courses where parents have set up tables in their basement and their kids sit at tables and their friends and their cousins come over and we have a whole group of, you know, a full class. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where it's, you know, four moms hanging out on the couch and we're doing Hunter's Ed. Right. So it's fun. And it allows people to start off their hunting lifestyle and hunting, I guess, career in a way, mm-hmm. in a way that makes them comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's, that's really what all these events have taught me is everybody learns better when they're comfortable Mm -hmm. and there's been all these really intimidating things and these intimidating moments, you know, with your dad or with your brother or with your uncle and here, shoot the gun. And then, you know, like these women talk about, like, I was so scared, you know, I didn't want to let them down. And they have all these really intimidating moments right off the Mm -hmm. hop. So Comfort for me is something that's super, super important. It's really, that's really what got me going. I wasn't comfortable at first and creating that, that group of, of friends that allowed me to get there and not feel so alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't have that without the opportunities that social media and Manitoba Wildlife Federation has, have given me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Janessa. I've kept you on here for about an hour, but um, I want to, I want you to tell people um, where can they find you to fi- either find you so that they can keep up with your course offerings or find where you are offering a course. What, where, where should people be looking? Um, um, well, Manitoba Wildlife Federation, like I said, they have an amazing website. There's so many resources, not just to find me, but there's so many resources um, but to find me, you can go to manitobawildlifefederation.com. Um, they have a little tab that's called Hunter's Ed. Click on it and find me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. It is uh, just at Janessa JB. I post all of my course offerings there. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. I post them everywhere. So. <laughs> okay, so nobody will miss. If they, if they find you on social media, they're not going to miss a course offering. Never, never. I post it there first. Um, I usually will post it to my personal social media first and give you first grab at it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a follower and then the next day I will post it publicly for everybody else to see on the forums and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So if you want first grab, definitely follow me on social media and um, you'll see it first day. Get on the Instagram and yeah (laughs) awesome all right Janessa thanks so much for your time today yeah thanks for having me